87% of the public trash and corporations, they're trashing their overstock or their product in the landfills. It's all about bringing awareness and spreading the message. It's time for e-commerce explored. Time to explore deep into a tricky e-commerce topic. We're here to help you overcome your e-commerce growth barriers. Welcome to my brand new show, E-Commerce Explored, which we're temporarily co-releasing to listeners of the E-Commerce Masterplan podcast too. Hello, ECMP listeners. I'm Chloe Thomas, host of this podcast, best-selling author, speaker, and host of other podcasts too. E-Commerce Explored is the home of our occasional seasonal podcast, where I'll be diving deep into one big topic over a handful of episodes to help you get to grips with it. Our very first season, our very first topic is overstocks. How do you get rid of them and how do you avoid them in the first place? All with the triple aim, yeah, three aims of helping you to improve cash flow, increase profit and avoid waste and sending products to landfill. We're releasing the episodes over the next few weeks every Thursday, but if you want to get the content sooner, including getting access to episode four right now, videos of every single session, access to the live Q&A session, which will be coming up very soon, our Overstocks Handbook, which is like an ebook full of advice and tips and insight that we couldn't manage to fit into the sessions and a lot of what's in the sessions too, and loads of links and resources. If you want all of that, then just sign up for virtual event access because we're doing a virtual event for all this content too. And you can sign up for that for free. Yep, totally for free at ecmp.info forward slash overstock. So that's ecmp, short for e-commerce masterplan.info forward slash overstock. So hit pause and go to ecmp.info forward slash overstock right now to sign up for free now. Done it? Brilliant. Let's get on with the show. Now, in this session, we're answering the question, where else can you sell your excess stock without sending it to landfill? In the last session, we explored how to shift it via your own website, where you'll generally get more margin, but where the volume that you can shift and the speed of how fast you shift it are generally limited. So, depending on the size of your overstock problem, you are probably, probably going to end up needing to clear some of it in other places other than your own site. In order to clear the marketing channels of all those messages about your overstock lines, so you can talk about something more important, so that you can turn that stock back into the cash that you need to drive your business forwards, whether that's buying more stock, paying the team, paying invoices, um, even spending on your marketing as well. And then thirdly, to do it all on a timescale that works for you. Do you need that cash back in now? Can you wait? How do you need this stock cleared? When do you need it stock, this stock cleared? So as I, as I ran through in my introductory session with you all, um, there are a lot of complicated options that you can take. Well, not that complicated, but, but picking between them is a little bit complicated. There are so many clearance routes you can take. And every route is a compromise between volume, speed, and profit. So 
I guess the good news is that if you put in the legwork, you are going to find one that works for you. And you're also quite likely going to use a mixture. So you're probably going to end up using more than one of these options that I've got listed on the screen. You're also potentially going to be using more than one solution within each of those rows too. The other cool thing about a lot of these methods is that many can also help you turn damaged returns and seconds back into cash as well. So it can become um, sources and suppliers that you can use to shift all manner of stock that you don't want littering your warehouse and that you want to turn back into cash or to put some other kind of good use. With our guests in this session, we're going to focus in on footwear. We're kind of going a bit, a bit deep into footwear in this session. It's going to be a bit of a case study of how to deal with footwear that you want to, you need to get rid of. And then I will be sharing some additional ways you can clear the stock too at the end, because there are so many, so many things you can do. Um, more on all of that later though. First off, let's talk about our guests for this session. First up, we've got Mo Hatcham from Sneaker Impact. He's joining us from his warehouse where his team are busy saving trainers and sneakers from going to landfill. So excuse a little bit of machinery noise in the background at one point in my chat with Mo. Mo's business has been finding new markets for sneakers and other products via their global market connections since the 1960s. So it's very cool to have someone with so much experience of this on the show. And our second guest is Simon Payne from Soul Responsibility. And he's going to be talking about how his company helped UK high street retailers to clear their branded stock uh, returns, seconds and overstocks through eBay. These interviews are really going to get you thinking. And as I said, then at the end, um, I will come back and give you loads more ideas on different places you can do. But let's get the scene set. Let's get the ball rolling or the sneaker running, should we say, with our guests. Let's meet our first expert guest, Mo Hatcham from Sneaker Impact, who are focused on recycling sneakers to create economic opportunities. Hello, Mo. How are you? Hey, Chloe, thank you for having me. Uh, it's brilliant to have you here. I love what your business is doing. So it's great to just be able to shine a light on what you're up to. But the fact we can hopefully inspire some of the audience as well is even better. So, Mo, here's the big question. Where else can you sell your excess stock without sending it to landfill? Uh, that's a great question. There is a huge need for overstocked item and returns in developing countries. 75% of the world population depend on the second hand and the overstock. So you could sell them from Central America to South America, East Africa, West Africa, and, you know, part of Asia. There is a, a, a huge need. And even some of the, the product that needs to be loved or stitched or the coloring is off, that is also perfectly fine. So we we are working with micro business merchants that are mainly selling the overstocks in their local flea markets, and the micro businesses are the ones who are given the shoes or the apparel or the accessory, the love that needs. So you're creating reducing waste, creating jobs, and placing products where they belong, not in land. Yeah, this if this isn't the scenario of sending a container load of, of um, trainers into less well-off countries and then it all ending up in a in a you know in a in a pit somewhere. This is taking that stock that's no longer viable here 
and sending it to someone who can make a business out of it and help other people with it as well. So it, it's good for everyone, really, isn't it? Exactly. So, Chloe, when the trainers and the other product that comes to our warehouse, they're going through the, uh, a grading method and uh, they're sorted into different categories. Uh, on average, 90% of the trainers and the sneakers that show up to our warehouse pass that method. The 10% that are, have no more thread or they're damaged or they're just totally expired are sent to the waste innovation plants and and we produce their, they produce energy out of all trash while keeping the brand integrity intact. Cool, so there's kind of like a, a two-step piece. One, can we sell this in another marketplace geographically that isn't our own marketplace to maximize the, the positive impact and the margin of it and stop it from going to waste? And then even the ones which are wasted, you're not sending to landfill, you're sending them to a place where they can be turned back into energy for the electricity grid. Exactly. It's called Waste to Energy and it's a plant here in South Florida that we work. I, I think that's like that's the perfect way of stopping landfill being created is let's turn it into energy we can use again and get that going going back into the planet. So I love I love that two step piece. And was it you were saying ninety percent gets resold and then it's just ten percent at the moment that you see going going to going to energy um, to waste? They have to pass the, the grading sorting process. We refuse to send trash to Africa, Central America, South America, to Haiti, Dominican Republic. So my team and I have made a promise that, you know, the trash, you know, from the state should never be exported somewhere else. We're exporting opportunities and we're exporting, creating jobs. So, so making sure that you keep up in mind only the right product gets exported, you're benefiting people, creating jobs and placing stuff where it's needed the most on people's back and people's shoes. <laughs> and it's it's quite a lot of work to do all of that. So this isn't the sort of thing a retailer should be worrying about themselves. It's the sort of thing where they can look at a partner like you. You are the experts in sneakers. I suspect there's other 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 businesses around the world that specialize in other product types as well. Well, there are tons of businesses, but statistically, you know, 87% of the public trash and and corporations, they're trashing their overstocked or their product in the landfills. And if you look also at the other angles, 90% of the public want to be involved, you know, and they're actually look at brands and retailers that are not doing their job by, it's all about bringing awareness and spreading the message. And, and, and I feel brands could benefit if if they're involved and they're showing good faith in upcycling and recycling and making use of of the product that they have we understand there's a product integrity and brands don't want their stuff to show up on flea markets in the states or in europe we've taken that into consideration and each and every pair that comes into our warehouse is exported to developing countries and is sold to micro business merchants where jobs are being created. So it's a beautiful story, and we would love to talk to more folks and, and you know, have them visit our facility, our headquarters here in Miami. Very up for that invite, but I I love the um the brand impact piece of it, which I think people often think about that from the 
the perspective of dealing with the returns that come into into the business. Maybe, you know, they do their own sort first. What can I put back on the shelf? What am I going to send to Mo and his team to deal with because it's been wrecked in the postal service or whatever, or in those marvellous recycling boxes like the one you've got behind you when you're getting customers to bring their rubbish back in for recycling. But I think brands don't so often think of that brand impact on their their overstock product. I know in, in luxury fashion, it's thought about, but let's not get into that. But the lower end, I, I think people don't necessarily think of that overstock piece. And I see a lot of brands trying to clear all that stock via their own website and eroding their brand um, standing because they're just sending out discount message after discount message after discount message, whereas they could take that stock and clear it via a service like yourselves so as it goes somewhere more useful and they can focus on their their newer, correct product without putting all those discounts in place. Is that something you find retailers doing, Mo? We are working with different retailers all over the states now. And and even that product that they're put online, it's that stuff that's been returned worn once or twice. But still, you have 40% what brands and retailers call waste. <laughs> and this is the stuff that's been worn maybe for a week or so. And Chloe, it's not waste. I mean, this is, no. <laughs> these are perfectly fine sneakers <laughs> that have been worn. And these are vehicles to people in developing country and 75% again of the world population depend on that, you know, overstock or the second hand. So we're making it super easy for retailers and brand by sending these beautiful uh, 18 by 18 by 32 inch boxes. It already has a prepaid shipping label on it. So there's no work whatsoever to the retailer or to the brands. Uh, if they have a box or you know, multiple truckloads, we're only an email away. And, and we can help them move that stuff in a responsible uh, product integrity way and they can track where the product ends up. Brilliant. Thank you, Mo. So anyone who wants to get in touch with Mo, um, you can get in contact with him via LinkedIn or you can email info at sneakerimpact.com and either Mo or one of his team will help you to successfully dispose of your footwear and potentially other lines too. Let's just leave that there. Um, so that's info at sneakerimpact.com to get Mo and his team's help. You can get the notes of everything we're up to and the whole of the uh, our, our event series at ecmp.info forward slash overstock. And um, Mo, thank you so much for that offer of help to our audience. And thank you so much for taking us through those different levels and opening our eyes to some different ways in which our products can be of use rather than go to landfill. So thanks so much for being part of the series. Chloe, thank you for having me at your platform and you know to bring awareness and spread the message and this ongoing problems. And, and I'm, thank you again for shedding light on this particular issue. It's my pleasure. The more retailers we can help to improve profitability and improve the impact of their, their business from a sustainability standpoint, I'm all there for it. Thanks, Mo. Thank you for having me. Let's meet our second guest expert, Simon Payne from Soul Responsibility. Hello, Simon. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I am good and I'm really pleased uh, to have you here to talk about and to answer our super important question. Where else could you sell your excess stock without sending it to landfill? So how would you advise our audience to clear their stock 
without sending it to landfill. Thanks, Chloe. Yep. So um, as a business for sole responsibility, we have been working on on eBay for quite a period of time. Um, We started with the business um, six or seven years ago, but um, we have been actually on the platform for the best part of 19 years. So quite a long time, um, and we found that that eBay for us is um, yeah a great platform, really really strong, um, and fantastic sort of uh, consumer buying as well for what we're looking to sell. And you're selling other brands, other retailers' excess stock for them via the eBay platform. That's right, isn't it? Yes, we are. Um, so we work with uh, a lot of seconds um, and returns products. So that's kind of, it's what other people kind of don't want from a retailer perspective, we love to have on the site. Um, so from a sustainability perspective, we're looking to extend the life of the item for as long as possible um, and uh, give seconds a second chance, which is, is the company motto. And for anyone listening who's thinking, oh, yeah, great, eBay, hadn't thought of that, I should definitely try and shift some of my stock on eBay. I think sometimes, I mean, I'd say there's there's multiple strategies you could use when shifting seconds, returns, and these overstocks on eBay. And I would guess one of them is to pretend to be someone other than your brand or to hire someone like yourselves, I suppose. Another one might be to bulk sale, you know, so do job lots and that sort of thing. And another, um, you know, might just be we sell as we are and we create our own seconds or overstocks branded store. Have you got any guidance on which of those strategies may or may not work or we should avoid like the plague or we should (laughs) do, um, you know, what, what strategies do you see working for people? I think it, it, it kind of depends on the person, really. I mean, um, and the business as well. I mean, for from us, we've been a sustainable partner with uh, JD Sports for the last three years. Um, we work with with their football, sorry, their football, their footwear a great deal, um, and we're taking in products that just have minor damage. And the important thing for seconds and returns is that. Um, we do know it has damage, so we, we tell the consumer that the product has some damage and we tell them exactly where it is. Um, we take exact photos of the, of the item, um, exact photos of the damage and um, let the consumer design uh, decide if they're happy with, with that product. Um, a lot of these can be shop damaged as well. So I think it's a really, really important uh, thing on eBay that... Um, we do continue with with seconds and we give it a second life. Um, Going on to the other side of it from a bulk perspective, I I think that's also sort of potentially doable. It's not something that we've really done in the past. Um, And with regards to sort of working with with other businesses, um, it's something that we do do as well. Um, I mean, I know we could potentially look at sort of white labeling and things like that. You know, that is starting to, to crop up a lot more these days as well. And I guess what I'm really taking from your answer there is be honest about the quality of the stock. Um, you know, it, it gives the reason for why there's a discount. This is why we're discounting this product. This is why you're going to get a great deal, whether you're white labeling, whether you're selling it as your brand clearance center or via a third party. That clarity and honesty is going to be key because eBay is all about the ratings, isn't it? And your reputation. So you'd be crazy not to go with the honest play. 
Yeah, absolutely. See, something that we've always done, um, we've always spent time on the product um, and we've spent time with the photography. You know, we can produce um, 10 to 12 photographs per item. So it can be quite labor intensive um, to actually get a, a piece of footwear and show them exactly where the issues are. Um, but I think it's really important to the consumer that you are getting an honest um, and open experience. And I think because sustainability these days is, is changing quite dramatically, the consumer tends to be quite happy with what they're seeing. And if, if they know they're going to get something with a little mark on it, and the other option was that it was going to be going to landfill, I think, it, I think it's important that um, this kind of service exists, really. Um, you know, in the past, it, it hasn't really. But as I said a couple of minutes ago, we love seconds, we love returns, and, you know, we, we're trying to give it back to the consumer in, um, and uh, sorry, give them the opportunity to, to do something. And do you find the eBay, eBay consumer care really actively cares about that sustainability element of it? You know, are you making sure in every product description you're putting help us save this this trainer from landfill, or is it is it more uh, an assumption that that's one of the things that's playing? You know, is it is it going in the headline, or is this kind of at the bottom of the product description? How interested is the eBay customer in that, or is it mainly the deal? I suppose it's, a, it's quite a tricky one, is that? As, as a brand, we're looking to raise the profile of our brand from sole responsibility, from the perspective that this is what we're saying to the consumer, this, this is what we're actually doing. Um, it's, it's hard to say whether or not they're after the sustainability. I think the consumer in general is changing a lot anyway, and I think that is just quite common at the moment. Um, so... Yeah, I would love to say that they're all about the sustainability. Everyone loves a deal anyway, but I think the sustainability is something that is coming through more than anything. And I think over the coming years, the prevalence um, will definitely will definitely be, be risen. Got you. Not an, a good answer there. And I, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's kind of deal first and then the sustainability angle is often the, I feel a little bit better about these awesome pair of trainers. I got at a great deal. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think it's true. I mean, everyone does love a deal, especially, you know, in the, in the economy as it is at the moment, um, everyone is looking to try and save, uh, save money wherever they can. Um, but I think from that perspective, people are trying to, change wherever they can as well and and if there is the option to do something a little bit greener i think we will certainly see facts and figures on that when they start to be recorded over, over the coming years um i think certainly generations below me are starting to look at sustainability over more prevalence whether or not everyone likes it over a deal or not i don't know um but it, it's, it's certainly changing as, as we're coming through the age and Simon, before we before we say goodbye to you, are there any key, without giving away any of your trade secrets, of course, are there any key tips you give any of our audience who are thinking of starting to shift some of their overstocks, maybe their seconds, maybe their returns on eBay? Anything they really need to know about the platform at the moment? Um, so the platform in general, I think for me, is, is doing really, really well. Um, you know, they've done a huge amount of press and media over the last sort of six months. Um, knowing eBay quite well, they genuinely really, really do care. 
Um, they are really pushing forward the platform and they're looking at the sustainable side of it and they're looking at pre-loved. And it's an important thing to them, I think. Um, so I think people are going to be in safe hands. You've also got, from a pre-loved perspective, you know, I suppose however you're actually looking at wording it, um, you know, you are finding the consumers who want to buy it. Um, I think it's a great platform. We, we sell all over the world um, through their global shipping program and, and have done for, for quite a while. So, yeah, I, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's very, very good. They're also bringing in authenticity as well. So um, items over £100 go to, or footwear over £100 goes to authenticity. So it's certainly giving the secure, security to the consumer. Um, and that works, you know, a fantastic amount for us as well. So, yeah, I, I think people shouldn't be afraid of their overstocks. I think they should be looking at embracing it and embrace their overstocks in the seconds. Um, we're obviously happy to to speak to anyone, advise anyone of, of our knowledge of, of what we've done. Um, but it is the responsible thing to do these days, uh, and that is put it back into consumption. Um, you know, it doesn't need to go anywhere else. You know, when you start looking at some of the quality of these branded products, um, the design for, you know, five, ten years or five, seven years, some of them. So we need to get the use out of them as much as possible. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Simon. And anyone who wants to get in touch with Simon to see how he can help with your excess stock returns, etc. Uh, you can get in contact with Simon via LinkedIn. And Simon and the Soul Responsibility team would love to speak to anyone in their industry and see how they can help sustainably extend the life of their footwear in a responsible manner. So please drop Simon an email via the website www.soulresponsibility.co.uk. And unsurprisingly, that is soul spelled S-O-L. E everyone. And when you're watching this on the event website, you'll also find Simon's email address underneath this video so you can get in contact super fast. And links to all of that is available via ecmp.info forward slash overstock. Thanks, Simon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chloe. So huge, huge thanks to my guests, Mo and Simon, for bringing such excellent insights to this session. And if so much can be done in a category where recycling is so tough, I think there's hope for all of us. So what extra tips and advice have I picked up that I should share with you before we wrap this session up? Well, first off, let's do a bit of a mindset shift. Sometimes, well, actually, before I even tell you that, I've come across a lot of businesses over the years who are not clearing out their excess stock and are tying up all their cash, all the lifeblood of their business in pallets around the warehouse. I think sometimes we get a bit obsessed with the selling price and not clearing it out. So let's make that mindset shift now. Sometimes the right thing to do is to lose money to clear your overstocks. You're probably not going to hit that RRP, the number you wanted to sell it out. Sometimes you might have to sell it for less than you bought it for, but at least you're leveraging that cash. And occasionally you might end up giving it away for free in order to make sure the product gets used um, and rather than burnt or put into landfill. Why might you do all that? Well, because the carbon cost of producing it in the first place, the investment that's gone into that physical product, it needs to be used. It deserves to be used to make all that time and effort and carbon worthwhile. And also because once that product has gone from your warehouse, it's gone from your business, 
it's gone. It's no longer costing you money for storage. It's no longer taking up space on your website. It's no longer taking up space in your brain worrying about it. And of course, there are financial write-offs, etc., that can be done, but I'm not going to get into that. Speak to an accountant in whatever country you are in the world and they'll tell you the best way to financially in the paperwork handle that stuff. Secondly, so we've done our mindset shift. Secondly, this is an area of our exploration journey where there are the most options. There are so many options, so many options. Um, those of you watching on the video, you can see uh, my little slide of different types of clearancing. So on this, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got nine different rows. Two of those rows um, are about selling things via your own channels, your own routes to market. The other seven are about getting rid of it somewhere else. That gives you some idea of how many options there are out there. Now, I am not going to list every single potential option um, because there's multiple for each one of those rows you can see on the screen in front of you. In our Overstock handbook, which should be out by the end of March and is going to be available to everyone who signed up to the event. I will email you as soon as it's downloadable. Um, we will be listing um, as many as we managed to find during the research. And trust me, there are a lot, including some options of people you could use. But in this wrap up, I'm going to hi highlight even a handful that I think it's worth mentioning to get those brains going and help you try and think about some ways in which you might shift it. So first off, if you really need to shift it fast, super fast, then there are a lot of people set up to help you do it. They are tend to be a little bit hard to find because they're working in this very buy fast, sell fast mind space. So they're very much salespeople, not marketers. So they can be a little bit harder to find. Apologies if anyone thinks I've got that totally wrong. Um, so some ideas of these, these type of things. Um, auction houses. There are many auction houses specifically looking for retailers to help them shift their stock they don't want around anymore. So obviously auction, once it's gone, it's gone. Very quick turnaround from stock to cash. Um, distressed stock purchases. These people will literally come to your warehouse, buy it, give you the cash and leave with it in a van. So um, that's another option. Uh, sample sale and warehouse clearance events. These are Super cool. I've known brands who've done this in their own warehouse and just invited customers from the local area to come and buy stuff for cheap and taking it take it away. There are also organizations and businesses who will run these for you. We have an amazing episode on this coming up on the e-commerce master plan podcast very soon. It was nearly part of this event, but the story was so awesome. It had to be given a full podcast to itself. So that will be coming up soon. But there are people you can hire who will take that stock to a warehouse for you, manage the selling of it. And then via whatever deal you've agreed with them, you will get some cash for that stock. That stock will be gone. So there are some super fast ways you can shift your um, overstocks if you really put your mind to it. Some which involves essentially just giving it, you know, handing the problem over to someone else and sometimes ones which you're involved in yourself. Now, secondly, there may be channels where you can sell it at full price. Uh, we heard how Sneaker Impact is selling to other geographical regions. 
not at full price, but they are using other markets um, and other geographical markets. Well, you can, you may find that your product will sell in another geographical market at full price. You can do this yourself, but not in bulk. And it tends to be a little bit slower via marketplaces like Frugo that are specifically set up to help you sell overseas. Um, that probably isn't going to clear things fast, but it is going to clear things at high margins. So maybe you take 10% of the overstock and you sell it that way. The rest you clear via another method. Thirdly, donating your products to a group who needs them can be great for both internal and external PR. So it's a great thing to do. Your team may really get behind it. Um, it may, you know, you can also use it as part of your um, ESG reporting, uh, part of your PR activity. It's also obviously a brilliant way to help your own community. There are people who need shoes and you have shoes. Let's put those two things together. Recycling is a fascinating space um, at the moment and ever more so. It's not just about taking it down to your local recycling depot, which in most places businesses aren't supposed to use them anyway. Rather, think of recycling as being a bit like um, or in entirely like being part of the circular economy. Who out there can use your overstock as the raw materials to create their new product? They may even be willing to pay you for your waste for those products you can't sell because they have a way of turning into something else. So really, if you've reached the point where you can't think of any way to sell it, take a look at what's going on in this circular economy. You may well find that's where the solution lies for, you know, for a great way of giving that those raw materials or turning your products into raw materials that then get a new lease of life. And then if you do have to destroy it, find the best way to do that. Please, please, please find the best way to do that. And um, dumping it into a nearby skip is probably not the right option, nor is, is sending it to landfill. There are lots of other options available. So that was my very quick run through. As I said, there will be more on that in the handbook once we have that ready for you. Then finally, before we fully wrap up this, this um, session, just wanted to take us back to those three trends that I pointed out in the introductory episode. Hope you're seeing them coming through the sessions already, but I think they really relate to making sure you're making the best of selling your overstock via or shifting your overstock via external channels. So let's go through these. I'm going to do it in a slightly different order to what's on the slide, but um, first principles. The trend of first principles, you need to put the effort into making the right decision on where to sell the stock, where to dispose of it, and then put the effort into selling or marketing it well via those channels. Getting an intern to set up an eBay shop and hoping it's going to work for you is not the solution here. It's going to take time. You're not going to get what you should get. You want to make sure it's going fast. So if this isn't going to be a core channel for you, find a way of getting someone who really understands that channel to leverage it for you. So that's why I think often it's better to outsource, to deal with an auction house, to deal with someone who's, who's running these warehouse sale events, etc., rather than trying to, trying to just do it yourself and you and your team getting distracted by something which is not core to your business. It's just a route to getting some cash back in. There you go. That's my first principles trend rant. Second trend, collaboration. Now, some of these channels might be managed by marketing. Some might be managed by the website team. Some might be managed by merchandising, some by the finance team even. And to make the right decision about what stock goes where, you're probably going to need most of those people involved in the discussion. So work together to find the right decisions 
and the right execution routes. So this really is somewhere where you want cross-team collaboration. And then thirdly, data. At the heart of all of this, being able to do those first principles, being able, being able to collaborate, and make the right decisions, you need the right data. You need to know how much of each item you've got. You need to know where it is. You need to know how much you have. You need to know how much will clear over X weeks via each channel and at what margin and what cost and therefore find the right mix of disposal for each one. Data, data, data. And speaking of data, that's our focus for the next session when we will be answering the question, how do we forecast better to avoid future overstocks and ease cash flow issues? This is our episode which kind of straddles the clearing it out and dealing with it in the future. So it's a really good um, session with two brilliant guests. So make sure you're here for that. Finally, thanks to our partners, Nibble, Reallift, Returnalize, Digital Gearbox and Sneaker Impact for their support in making this event a reality. It's because of them that all of you are getting to consume it for free. And you can access all the sessions and more free resources via ecmp.info forward slash overstock. That's for those of you who are listening via the podcast or who have not or found this on YouTube. Please go there so you can get signed up and get all the goodies and all the information. If you're watching this on the event site, the links will be somewhere near you. The handbook will be with you very, very soon. For now, though, see you in the next session so we can help you to master the problems of overstocks. Thanks for listening to e-commerce Explored, the latest podcast from the e-commerce podcast network. If you've got an e-commerce topic you'd like us to explore in our next series, get in touch via ecommerceexplored.com.